Welcome to The Confidence Project. My name is Liam and I have made it my mission to skyrocket your confidence across body, mind and everything in between. I want this podcast to inspire you so that you have the self-belief and motivation to become the best version of yourself. Thank you so much for listening and embarking on what's going to be an incredible journey for the both of us. Let's take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Team, welcome back to another episode. As always, thank you for tuning in. Episode 13, unlucky for some, but not for you a lot, because what I want to do today is take a deep dive into essentially everything I got up to last year, and more importantly, why I got up to it and what I got out of it and how I felt. So long story short, if you didn't know, I did 12 challenges over the course of 12 months, all in aid of charity, and the charity that I chose was Andy's Man Club. Now, you may or may not have heard of it, it's relatively local to us. And it's ever-expanding, really, and they've actually got facilities all across the UK now, which is phenomenal. And I just wanted to play a small part in that, because I know people that go to Andy's Man Club, I know all the fantastic work that they do, and everything that they achieve, and the success stories, and, and the lives that they save, really. I think it's absolutely incredible. So, for anyone who doesn't know what they do and what they stand for, Andy's Man Club provides a safe facility for men to open up about their mental health. It provides a safe place to talk um, and it just provides maybe a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel is the best way of looking at it. Um, I know what it's like to be in a deep, dark place. I know people who have struggled across the board, whether that be with work, with their relationships, with life. They struggle with things like suicide. The list goes on really and it's quite... um, it's quite a delicate topic for so many people, but equally it's one that we need to discuss and not be afraid to discuss. And that's what really Andy's Man Club gets at. Um, and like I say, it just provides that safe space for people to talk. Um, and for men particularly who are struggling, um, then they, they're just there. They can offer a solution to their problem in essence. Um, now, at the back end of 2021, I decided to do these charity challenges um, first and foremost, to get a little bit fitter, I knew that I was getting married in 2023 and I thought I'm going to have to do something that keeps me fit um, and keeps me accountable. Now, I thought, well, I could do one sort of big charity event. I knew that 2023 would be a big year in terms of, you know, busyness and life, etc. So I thought, well, if you're going to do it, do 2022. And the first thing that came to mind was doing the Great North Run. Um, I didn't like running at the time. I thought, what can I do? I'll do a run, I'll do the big one. But I thought, well, it's not really big enough. You know, everyone does one run, everyone does one event. So I thought, well, I'm going to just go 12. <laughs> Quite simply, I'm going to do 12 challenges and see what happens. And I'll do one a month and I'll make them all fitness related. And I'll do the things that, dare I say, I hate doing because I actually wanted to take myself to a place where it was going to be a mental struggle. There was, I almost wanted to come up with things where people would say, you can't do that where I would feel like I couldn't do that. And there were times that I did that I'll get into um, because I wanted to be able to relate to these people who are struggling mentally and almost prove a point and be the champion for these people that no matter how much you're struggling, you can bounce back. So that was the idea. And like I say, you know, I I won't beat around the bush. I have struggled mentally with, for me, it was work. It was burning out. I have discussed this before. And again, there will be the right time to discuss it more in depth, but... I'll try not to waffle on too much because I want to, want to get into the nitty gritty of today's episode. Um, so yeah, we'd come up with 12 challenges um, that were predominantly health and fitness based. And what I really wanted to do was then sh- share it and spread it to the world and, and let people know that this is what I'm up to. And more importantly, this is what I'm raising money for. So I published it at the back end of 2021 with a view to starting in January. So the new year rolled around and in typical fashion, I was ill on New Year's Eve. Um, so these challenges that I'd planned, I didn't actually start till the 3rd of January, which was a Monday and, and everything good starts on a Monday, doesn't it? So I thought, right, I'll start Monday and I'll just run two days over. Now, my first challenge was to do 100 pull-ups a day throughout January. So that's 3,100 pull-ups in the month of January. And I chose this because I, I quite like pull-ups. If you know me, you'll know that they're one of my favorite exercises. I feel like I'm relatively good at them. I felt like it needed to be quite a physically demanding challenge initially and sort of coming out of the blocks hot just to grab people's attention. Um, And I thought, well, look, I can do, you know, three sets of 10, no problem. And, you know, I do pull-ups a couple of times a week. Like, how can I really make a 
a standout point of doing them. So I thought, well, I'll do 100 a day and just see what happens. And, and straight away, people were like, there's no way you're doing that. Your arms will fall off. Um, you won't be able to do it. Da, 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 da. The, the sort of the list of reasons not to do it went on, but that's exactly what I want. So like I said, I went into January quite fueled, quite ready for it. And January came around and I did it and it was pretty good. And to be honest with you, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. Um, I remember doing the first day and it sort of took like 20 minutes. I thought, well, I'll do it in one sitting as in I won't leave the gym until it's done. I didn't want to do like 20 in the morning, 20 in the afternoon and, and so on and so forth. So I thought, well, I'll do it in one sitting and I tried to record the whole thing and, you know, lo and behold, my arms did hurt. <laughs> Everyone was right. You know, it was a really difficult challenge. I struggled physically, mentally, you know, when I sort of got to the 40, 50 mark, I thought, well, how can I keep pulling myself up? And for anyone that sort of delves into pull-ups, they weren't very strict, you know, in all fairness, they were quite um, questionable, but my chin went over the bar, let's just say. So look, day one was done. And I got through it and I just thought, how on earth can I do this for 31 days? Um, and I, th I think it, I got to day two, very similar. And then day three um, was a pretty big struggle because I, the DOMS had just kicked in from day one. And that's when I knew it was going to be really hard. Um, but after day three, something really weird happened. And these DOMS and these aches just went away. And they didn't come back until like day 16, like two weeks into it. So throughout the first two weeks, I'd sort of just got used to it and got acquainted, acquainted with it. And by the end of the month, I was almost doing it in less than 10 minutes. Like, that was the challenge. Um, and, you know, I actually put the weighted vest on. I wanted to just make things harder and harder. And, and I got through it, and I was really proud of myself for doing that one, actually. So, you know, the end of January came, and 3,100 pull-ups were done. And that took me to a place where I was physically struggling, um, but mentally feeling quite good. And I was pleased with how the year had started. So 100 pull-ups a day done in January. I'd made the statement. People were quite impressed. And that's exactly what I wanted, because they were almost thinking, well, what's next? Um, now, because I, like I said, I started two days late, I had to go into early February, you know, to the 2nd or 3rd of February, whatever it was. Now, my February challenge, um, again, I wanted to make a statement. I wanted to do something daily. I, I almost wanted to be a little bit annoying to, on social media and be like, yeah, it's me again doing more challenges. Da, da, da. So in February, um, I decided to do 30,000 sit-ups, which roughly equated to 1,000 a day. Um, and obviously I chose the shortest month to do this, so it's more than a thousand a day. Um, the one thing I didn't count for was sort of the rest and recovery in between the pull-ups and the sit-ups. Um, so I tried to do some sit-ups like early Feb. Um, again, not necessarily the first of Feb, I let my pull-ups sort of ride out. And straight away it was my back that was just aching. It was the constant sort of curling over my body. It was really difficult. Yes, my abs hurt. And this was just a case of how many can I do in a day? And I thought, like I said, roughly over a thousand will take me through. I had to do more than a thousand a day to do it. But a few things happened. Like I got ill again. Um, I was just physically aching. And this was the one where I thought, oh, no, this is way too difficult. This is a stupid number. You could have just done another hundred a day, but no, you've done a thousand a day. So I did 30,000 sit-ups in the month. But there were times where I had to do like 2,000 a day because I'd missed a day. Uh, I think the most I did in a day was like four and a half thousand and it literally crippled me. Like my lower back was in agony. <laughs> it really was aching. I wouldn't, I can't beat around the bush with that one. I was really aching. And the thing that pulled me through it was my clients and the people on social media. And this is where, like I said, people started to take note. I got the messages saying, you know, come on, you can do it. Keep going. And people were just like, you know, I got some messages saying, no, we're so proud of you already. You know, what you're doing this year is incredible. And that really did spur me on. I know it's quite a cliche and obvious sort of motivator, but it was and it really did help. And the good thing is that, you know, I had clients in most days and they just got through it all with me. So at the end of the session, it was like, right, let's see how many sit-ups we can do in five minutes. And we might knock out, you know, 100, 200, 300, whatever it's going to be. Um, and we just kept going and, and the number did rack up, but I genuinely couldn't have done that without my clients that month. Um, but I remember the last day, um, I sort of finished work at about nine, half nine. And I had to text home like, right, just so you know, I've got two and a half thousand sit-ups to do before midnight. Um, I'll get home as fast as I can. I actually think I got home for about half, ten, quarter to eleven. But I just remember that being like, oh my goodness, like that took far too long. That was much more difficult than I thought it'd be. And I think beforehand, like maybe some years ago, I once just decided to see how many sit-ups I could do like in a sitting. And I think I got a couple of hundred. So I thought, well, a thousand won't be too bad. A couple of sittings a day and... You just don't factor in more than one day and, and it was just relentless. But two months had passed and I'd already done 100 pull-ups a day, 30,000 sit-ups within the month. 
And, you know, it was started off pretty strong. And they were my, like, daily ones, so things that I had to do daily. So March then rolled around, and this was the one that I was not dreading, but I think I was a little bit, like, apprehensive is probably the best word for it. And I just thought, how can I do this? Because it was my first running-based one. Now, when I came up with all these challenges... I decided to make a lot of them involve running because at the time I hated running. And as I record this, I have signed up for a marathon mid-May, so um, stay tuned for that episode. Um, but that gives you an indication of how I actually got into it. So for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a massive fan of someone called David Goggins and he's just like this, he's just a legend. Like, go check him out. If he doesn't motivate you and, and keep you disciplined, I don't know what will. I read his book, I'm sure it's changed my life and, and the story he's got. But yeah, long story short, he was the motivator and it's his challenge. It's the, called the 4x448 challenge. And what you do is you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Um, so I started this on Friday lunchtime and I finished Sunday morning. Um, and it was, as, it was as bad as it sounds, really. <laughs> um, not physically, because like I said, I didn't do much running. In fact, the thought of a 5K just... I would say petrified me. That's not the right word, but I actually just, I just didn't want to do it. It's not something I enjoyed. Um, it's the last thing I wanted to do. And yeah, I played like a lot of football, but I didn't really do a lot of running in that either. I made the ball do the work. Maybe that's the best way of looking at that one. And so we, we'd, we'd signed up to do this 4 by 48 challenge. I'd sent the email saying, yeah, you know, send me the t-shirt afterwards because I'm going to do it. And, you know, I was quite, yes, nervous, but then I got quite excited about it because I'd got a lot of clients who wanted to do a leg with me. I say that, I asked them to do a leg with me. I'm not sure how willing they were, but they did it. And again, like the sit-ups, I couldn't have done it without them. So across different legs, we had, you know, I might've had one client, two clients, three clients do it with me. And then I think on the last one on the Sunday morning, we had maybe eight to 10 friends and family come and, and, you know, and show up Sunday morning and run this four miles with me. And this is where I realized that running isn't too bad for me because I had to find a pace that I could sustain. I couldn't come out the blocks and fly through four miles. Um, so I worked at like an 11 minute mile which you know to some that may sound fast to some that might sound really slow but that was my my, my bumbling, pl- bumbling place bumbling pace almost which worked out really well um, because where we live it's like reasonably scenic so it was just nice to take it in and just have a conversation with different people the hard thing about this one was obviously the sleep like the midnight ones and the 4am like I like a bedtime so when it rolled around to 8pm, I was like, as soon as I was done, I was ready for bed. But then the adrenaline was there. So to then wake up at half 11, quarter 12 and go back out for another run, I was just like, oh, really? Really? And I think the hardest one was the penultimate one, um, leg 11. It was like 4am. I just remember I could see people stood outside my house and I was in my dressing gown at like 10 to 4. So I, I was just like, you've got to get outside. But because people were stood outside waiting for me, like I dragged them out of bed, really. You know, the pressure was on me, and if they weren't there, then it would have been much easier to throw the towel in. Not that I would have done, I don't think, on any of these challenges so far. Um, there were a couple of times throughout the year where I was very tempted, um, but because I wanted to do what I said I'd do, so that's what got me through it again, the clients. And that just goes to show that actually, um, if you have the right support network around you, it, it can make a massive, massive difference. And that's something I realized throughout these challenges, which is why why the Confidence Project is so bloody good. Let me tell you that because we have the very best support network. So we're a quarter of the way through the year and that was early March. So my next one wasn't till the back end of April. So a quarter of the way through, we'd started to raise a little bit of money all for an incredible cause. Um, I was getting support um, more and more from variety of people, people I hadn't spoken to for years, and it was just, it was insane, really, the effect and the impact it was having, and, and people started to take note, and they sort of wanted a slice of the action, so as the sort of summer months and warmer months came around, more people wanted in, and we had some, dare I say, fun stuff coming up, so into the second quarter we went, and we did the Yorkshire Three Peaks. Um, if you haven't done them, do them, they're worth trying. <laughs> they are difficult, and I'm not much of a walker um like i say i will find a way of bumbling along i'm not very fast walker um, and i'd actually done these before so i was in a position where the other three i didn't really know how i'd feel like i said i've done pull-ups i've done sit-ups i've done a little bit of running but never to that magnitude but the yorkshire three peaks was the one that i had done before twice over um so i knew what i was getting into but it didn't make it any easier um so we had about seven eight of us doing it um and my cousin came with us actually, and he's he's quite an avid walker. I think without him, we'd have 
probably well we would have got lost actually I'll tell you that in a second but you know he sort of was, was spearheaded it and then we all just followed along um, and in typical fashion I was quite unorganised for this and I remember the night before being like oh Christ I need some shoes and I did have some really nice walking boots and typically I couldn't find them so I dug out these old ones and my best advice to anyone who is doing any of these sort of walks or trails wear some walking boots that you are familiar with because that was my biggest mistake I set off quite fast and actually managed to keep up with my cousin and my dad who were sort of the front runners of our group who were you know pretty fast and good walkers and they, they don't mess around and I was, I was like oh yeah this is so fast so good and I just remember being at the top of the first peak and the bottom of my feet were killing and like I walk like like a heffalump honestly like I stomp around and I could just feel the blisters already and I just thought this was a mistake and I almost went from the front to the back then um, and we were on course for quite a good time and literally I, I was the one that was just holding people back I thought well, it's, it's your challenge you're, you're the one at the back like good job um, but I made it through and you know what it was a nice day out we had a, a few of us um, there wasn't like too many of us and I didn't want all these challenges um, or something like the Yorkshire Three Peaks anyway to be too congested with people because you, like you know selfishly you end up waiting for people and it actually gets a little bit dangerous if you're not careful so we needed the right number we needed the right people and, and that's what we had and, and like I say I was a bit of the to be fair the one holding people back so I thank everyone for for staying with me and and seeing me through because my my poor feet hurt let me tell you that but I'm I'm sure everyone's did really um but I remember we were sort of approaching the third peak and we were maybe like seven or eight hours into it at this point and I just remember it came to like a fork in the road like do we go left or right and we were sort of at where like our group and then my cousin and dad was in front and they'd obviously taken the turn already and we, we decided to turn right and then I just remember them shouting, just Liam, Liam. And we'd sort of maybe got like 50, 100 yards on the road and then they saw us and, and thankfully they'd wait for us. But if they hadn't have been there, God knows where we would have ended up. Honestly, I mean, we could see the peak. We're like, well, just how do we get there? But yeah, we really sort of meandered around. But that was a good one. And like, yes, it was windy. It was cold. It was wet. But the weather was getting a little bit warmer. It was quite nice. And like I say, you know, all these challenges that when you're sort of doing them throughout winter, there can be a little bit doom and gloom, like say going out for runs at midnight and doing all these sit-ups at the dead of night and things. But actually, you know, once the Yorkshire Three Peaks were done, we had one more, dare I say, very tough one um, before, like I said, the, the fun summer stuff came out. So April was done. That's a third of the challenges done. And we came into May. Now, do not ask me why I did this one. Um, I think it was just because like I once saw it and like that is a challenge. That is one that's going to get people to like really take note um so i decided to do a, a mile of burpees i did something called the burpee mile which it, it does what it says on the tin you do a mile of burpees um now i knew that like i said before i want to test myself mentally like this would be a test like everyone hates burpees if you like burpees then you are an, an anomaly because in reality i don't know anyone that likes them myself included they're a pain um the mentally scarring really that's my only way I can describe them so I decided to do a mile of burpees so I'd signed myself up for this one I really didn't know what to expect and this was the one where I thought yeah this is going to be a tough one uh, but once we do this like I say you know you can go into the fun side of things so I wanted to take my place to that myself to that place where it was like quite dark quite lonely quite isolated quite isolated and like I say burpees and doing a mile of them just summed that up so up I went to the top field with my um, my mum, my support crew um, and we'd set up like a little like rectangle of cones and I took my GoPro and I, I tried to log it all um, and it was really, really difficult honestly I remember I went through I think 60 burpees was like one lap of my little rectangle um, you know, it was Saturday morning after work and I just remember being like I looked at my watch and I'd set it to like run and I thought, I'll keep going until it has a mile. And it said you'd done like 0.01 miles. And at that point, I thought, that is 60, I mean, maybe like 63 burpees done. And I just thought, this is going to be a long, long morning. Um, so I, I also thought that the GPS wouldn't really pick me up. So I tried to make my rectangle bigger. Um, and it was just a grind. And this is why I wanted to take myself to that place where maybe people go when they are mentally struggling because it, it was a mental struggle you know I was really doubting myself the voice inside my head that so many people will be on the receiving end of was just there like you idiot you stupid you can't do this and, and it was quite negative but you've just 
I just had to dig deep. I just had to dig deep. And this is this was a challenge for a reason. So on I went. Um, and then my partner came up with a good idea of why do you actually go around the rugby field? Why do you forget your cones? Because the GPS probably isn't picking you up as well as you'd want to. Um, so I thought that was a good idea because like, I'd been there for like two hours and I was like halfway. And I'm like, yeah, I really need to just up my game here because I'm getting a little bit bored. I'm, I'm struggling now. Um, but my issue with that was like, I didn't want to draw too much attention to myself. Um, and that's what I ended up doing. Like I remember like people going to play on the field. I mean, like, what's he doing? I'm like, oh, well, just, just a mile of burpees. And, and they'd sort of have to leave me to it. And they were like dog walkers on the field and dogs running up to me. I just thought, oh, just let me get on with these burpees. Um, and I really hit a wall for the first time properly on all these challenges. This was my first instance where I thought, I can't do this. So I got to 0.8 miles and it was bang on my 800th burpee, I think, uh, as I was going around this rugby pitch. And I landed... So for anyone who doesn't know what a burpee actually is, you drop your chest to the floor, jump up, and then rather than jumping up, I jumped forwards to cover the distance of a mile. And I hit sort of burpee roughly 800, about 0.8 miles, and my legs just locked out, and I just fell. Um, the only way I can describe it is if, if you ever use a leg press machine and you sort of have that fear for your life where your legs go straight and it feels like they're going to snap, like I landed, dug my heels in, and they just gave way, and I just collapsed to the floor and landed on my back. And I, I really, really panicked because I was like, I can't move. What do I do now? I cannot move. Um, so I was laying on my back and, and my you know partner came over and she was like, what's the matter? And I was just like, I, I don't know. I can't move. And anyway, after about 10 minutes of feeling sorry for myself, I managed to get up and and see it through. But that was the first time I really panicked. And I, I remember hitting 980 burpees and we got through it and it was just like a massive relief. It was like four and a half hours um, probably longer than it should have taken because like I say the the GPS probably didn't pick me up where I wanted it to when I was doing my little circle so yeah we got through that one and that was my toughest one but again you know to reiterate the point I wanted to go to a mental um, a mentally dark place where I, it was just me versus me and, and I had to combat this voice inside my head and that's exactly what I did and that's what um, again Andy's man club emphasizes and, and reiterates that actually when you do have these thoughts, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. You are only human and you've got to be in a vulnerable position where you put your hand up and ask for help and they will they will show you the way. They will forge the path for you to, to get out of that dark place. And um, yeah, I just, you know, appreciate I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I just highly encourage absolutely anyone to go check them out if you are struggling. And equally just know, I'll use this opportunity to say that um, if you do combat these voices inside your head and, and like say you need some help then you message me you message anyone that you feel like you need to like you know a problem shared is a problem halved and just simply voicing it venting it can help massively um, I will also say that like me doing this podcast me doing like Instagram stories like that's my way of like almost venting um, like I just do these podcasts for me really it's just a chance for me to put my thoughts onto um, you know the world and and you know it gets it out of my system so if you are struggling with your thoughts then please know that you know I've been there it's not nice and just having someone to listen to or an outlet can help you massively so that's all done with five challenges deep we've done some really difficult ones this, this, at this point and the next one um, it, I actually I was quite looking forward to this one and I was right to do so because it was a fantastic day so June rolled around and we decided to walk from the John Smith Stadium in Huddersfield to Old Trafford. And the reason we chose this one um, was because being from Huddersfield-ish, we are naturally Man United fans. So we thought we'll walk from stadium to stadium. Um, it was about 28 miles. It was it was over a marathon just. Um, and we thought we could do it. And like I said to you, like I'm no good at GPS walking. And we literally sort of followed Google Maps. But... As much as we sort of thought it could be quite a scenic route over the tops, my dad was like, let's just make it as direct as possible. So there was my dad and my brother-in-law. And we had a few people actually wanting to do this one. And I had to turn around and say no, because I wanted it to be quite a, a tight family thing, really. And again, like, you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen almost. And, you know, if I hold anyone back, then that's on me. It's my challenges. But, you know, again, selfishly, if anyone else is holding me back, then it can be a little bit frustrating. And, and the nature of these challenges aren't very forgiving. So... We thought, we'll keep this one small, we'll keep it tight. Um, and off we went for a walk at, from 6am 
And believe it or not, by midday, we were having a bagel and a coffee in Oldham and we were well into it. And it was such a wholesome feeling of just walking and talking and just, you know, we had each other's company, but the sun was on our side. It wasn't really too busy or we didn't really hit like any bad patches mentally or, and it was just like a really nice thing to do. Like we were just like going for a walk and we, you know, we had our food with us and we had good company and we were taking photos and it was just nice. And, and to be fair, like we don't often spend time together as a family. So it was really nice just to have these this time to, to talk. That's all we could do is walk and talk really. And yeah, we went through some hairy-ish patches the olden way, um, but we got through it and we actually hit a marathon just in the centre of Manchester. And this was never like a timed event, but I just remember us talking and being like, you know what, we could do this in under nine hours, which we wouldn't have thought that we would have done that. Um, we thought it was going to be like an all-day job. Um, really wasn't sure how we'd react and things like this. And I just remember we had like our support crew and they was in, in Manchester having a cocktail and they literally just sat down and we were like, oh, just so you know, we're a mile away. And they were like, oh, for God's sake. So they had to sort of neck them and then meet us at Old Trafford. And I just remember we got to the canal and we, it got, we were like eight and a half hours and we were like, you know, we could jog this. Let's see how fast we can do it. And, and that just goes to show that the company you keep can be a huge game changer. Um, and we always say at the Confidence Project, you know, your vibe is your tribe. And when things are going good and you feel good, then everything gets a little bit easier. So it was just a fantastic opportunity, like I said, to walk, talk and even run the last mile. Um, we had a client that kind of, kind of baked some um, sort of shortcake for us. Um, which was absolutely brilliant because that was the sugar rush we needed. Um, and yeah, we had plenty of good food, plenty of good company, and, and it was a great day. And believe it or not, that was genuinely one of my favourite challenges. Um, and that set us up for a good summer. So July then rolled around and we are halfway through the challenges at this point and I was feeling pretty good. We'd raised a good bit of money and the walk that we'd done in June actually saw us go over a £1,000, which that was my target, that was my aim. So to hit that, it was like well, we're only halfway, like, how high can we take this? So, you know, again, I'll take this opportunity to thank absolutely everyone that donated last year because it was just insane. The support was unreal. It really, really was. And my, my favourite one was coming to fruition here because here it goes again. It was Tough Mudder. We did the Yorkshire Tough Mudder for my July challenge. Now, again, like the Three Peaks, I'd done this before, so I knew what to expect, but my challenge here was how many people can we get around it? And... We had about 31 people do it, which was insane. And these were clients and people who had sort of, you know, interacted with like friends of clients and things like this and a couple of family members. Um, and it was just an insane day. It really was because Tough Mudder really will challenge you physically and mentally. You know, you've got to cover 15 kilometers, 30 obstacles, all involving things like heights, cold water, electric shocks just the sheer physical nature of it, but teamwork gets you through it. And, and this is why I think the Confidence Project and Tough Mudder goes hand in hand because everything you need for Tough Mudder, um, the values of the Confidence Project echo it, really. And, and like I said, the, the two are just so aligned, so it's unbelievable. Um, so we had everyone who feared, you know, different things, but a few standouts for me were people who were scared of, like, cold, uh, cold dark spaces um, where you feel quite alone and like I remember people just had to like almost go hand in hand throughout it um, we had people who were scared of heights and we had to give them pep talks at the very peak of it um, and we we took so many clients just to a place where they never thought they could go and it was insane and like I said I loved it because I'm a, I'm a tough mother junkie apparently um, can't get enough of it but it wasn't really about me, it was about other people. And the whole challenges were really, it was all about promoting men's mental health, Randy's Man Club. Um, so to put people in a position where they just felt so good in themselves and they'd achieved so much, like that is the nature of my job. It was just an insane day. So I won't waffle on about Tough Mudder too much, but just know that that was the July challenge. Everyone got through it in one piece. We did it as a team and it was just brilliant. And I can't wait for the next one. Naturally, I'm doing two this year. Uh, one before the wedding, so fingers crossed, nothing goes um, a little bit pear-shaped in terms of injuries because that won't go down very well. Um, and then we've got one with clients in September over in the northwest, and, and the one I'm doing before the wedding in the back end of June is the Midlands one. So no, I'm really excited about them, and, and that will be five I will have completed, really. So no, absolutely buzzing for Tough Mudder. Um, and like I say, we got through it in one piece. Now my August one believe it or not, didn't happen in August because this was the only non, 
fitness related one and it was a skydive. Now, I actually initially wanted to do a bungee jump. Um, I figured it'd be a little bit more scary with the idea of like, there's no real safety. It's just a case of jump and it's on you and like you're the one that's got to jump like you're not attached to anyone you've just got to jump and make that leap of faith and and I figured that that would be like a really good one to do but I put it out on Instagram on like a poll and like there's so many people that said like do a skydive like can you jump out of a plane like it'd be insane because you know that's a once in a lifetime thing I thought well the people want what the people want so I will jump out of this plane, no problem. Um, so naturally, we did the biggest one. We did the, the I think it was fifteen thousand feet, um, and again, it was the my dad and my brother-in-law that did it. So the same who walked from the stadium to stadium in June. And honestly, if you've never done a skydive or you have thought about one, like just do it. It was everyone said like it would be the best thing you'll do, and it really was. There was no feeling like it, um, and I just remember sort of being sat on the edge of this plane, and it was almost like. I feel like going to move it is maybe the best way of looking at it. And I just remember like free falling and being like, holy shit, I'm in the air. The ground's getting closer. I'm going through the clouds. And then the parachute comes. And, you know, it, it was just the, the idea of free falling and then sort of cruising down, you know, with your, with your little, I don't know what you call me, your man who you're attached to, your parachuter guy <laughs> whatever they are and he was just saying how are you feeling and I was just like yeah this is unreal so if you haven't done one I would definitely recommend one um, and it's something that I would definitely 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 do it again because it was just so good um, I get why people do them all the time um, but for the first time it was just unreal an unbelievable experience it really really was but in August I actually couldn't do it because I'd injured my neck um, I'd, I'd put I'd straight I'd got a muscle spasm in my left side of my neck when doing a shoulder press typically um, these weights are no good for anyone stay away from the gym and it just went and I just thought it wasn't the best idea to obviously jump out of 15,000 foot plane um, but they actually cancelled it because of the weather anyway um, so we rearranged it for um, mid-September and it was insane but the weekend before that was my September challenge and that was the Great North Run so we were back to another running challenge and I really didn't know how I'd feel about this one because I'd trained for it. Um, I'd put time on my feet um, to obviously like get used to it. And, you know, I'd done a couple of like two hour runs, but I didn't really go into this with the view of getting a time or anything. It was just more the occasion. I knew it was the biggest half marathon around. Um, and actually, I want to do it with my dad. Um, but the issue was I couldn't get in you've got to go into like a ballot system and we applied for it and my dad got in but I didn't so I actually went in called Mark which was great the idea was to do it together but he didn't get in but sorry he got in but I didn't so I went in under his name and he said you know he kindly said you know you you go do it um on you know on our behalf really um and I did and it was a, a fantastic occasion and this was like the turning point for me in my running because I realised it wasn't that bad and someone once said to me, all you're doing is putting one foot in front of the other and I thought, well, yeah, you're right, that's all I'm doing and that's all I did. Um, but to see the people there, you know, I think there was like 50, maybe 60,000 runners, um, forgive me, I can't remember how many, but then if you think, well, let's say everyone brought two people plus the crowds, the staff, you're looking at like a quarter of a million people in the streets of Newcastle and to just absorb that and be a part of that, it was so good. And like it came in at like a time of two hours ten, and I just wasn't bothered at all. Um, although I do remember like trying to follow like the two hour pacemaker, and then like I finished in front of him, and I'm like, oh, this is great. But it, it were obviously I'd set off at like a different time, so I don't really know how that worked. But yeah, I didn't get two hours anyway. But I wasn't bothered. I wasn't bothered about the time. But again, like <clears throat> a lot of these challenges, it were um, they're quite isolating. You know, it was just me and my thoughts or my music that was blasting along as I was going. Um, and again, it's another one that proved that the environment you are in can really pull you out of this dark place. And just looking at all these other runners who are doing them all for these charitable causes to see the, the crowds on the street pulling you through it, like an organised event is just an unbelievable experience. So if you're like into running or doing anything like that, like do an organised event because the feeling of euphoria that you get during and after it's just insane and, and you earn that medal you really do so 
I um, I really, really enjoyed the Great North Run. It was a long day. I mean, we got stuck in a ton of traffic on the way home. It looked, took us like three and a half hours, and I was just like, oh, I want to go home. I'm tired. But look, we made it, and, and you know, the, the event itself were, were great. Um, I will say it was probably quite oversubscribed. Like, you were like sardines in a tin. Like, it was just so very touch tight almost. Um, and you, you couldn't really run in a straight line. You just had to sort of weave in and out, and it was it was reasonably hilly, but yeah, a, an unbelievable experience. And, and now the challenges were nearing the back end. We'd raised a fair bit of money. We were getting quite a lot of recognition, and it was just an unbelievable experience throughout, really, and to, to almost reflect that there were about a quarter of the year left-ish, um, and we'd done so much and achieved so much. It was great. Um, however, the bubble popped as, as sort of autumn kicked in because we'd done all these fun summer ones. Um, and my October challenge was, on the face of it, I actually thought it was going to be the easiest one, but it turned out to be one of the hardest. And this is the one that really sort of, sort of mentally took its toll on me. Um, the idea was to do 600,000 steps in October. So that averaged at about 20,000 a day. And this was something that I thought, well, it's no problem. Like, I do average about 10,000 a day. Like, I'll always try to get 10,000. Um, he says, as he's recording this podcast, on 2,500. <laughs> and um, I thought, well, it's no problem. I'll just do longer dog walks. I'll do a bit of running and things like this. But the, like, I didn't appreciate the time on my feet. Like, the constant movement was just knackering. Like, and I started to mentally burn out again, really. And just getting my steps in was just so so hard and like I was doing extra runs like I did another half marathon um just off my own back I tried to just walk to work I was pacing around constantly I was going for walks I was organizing walks runs doing longer dog walks like Jasper loved it of course he did but I was just knackered I was so tired like I really took for granted the effect this would have on me and again like it comes down to the idea of these were challenges, like I had to get through them. I would, I said I would do it, so I had to do it. Um, but what I didn't consider was then my November challenge um, because this then may as well have been the same as my October one. It just sort of carried on. And like I said, this was my demise really because in November, I wanted to do something called the one-inch punch man training. So for anyone who doesn't know this, you do 100 press-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, followed by a 10-kilometer run. Now, at this point, like... I was much better with running and my relationship with it was much better. Um, but on the back of doing all these steps and just being quite fatigued really from, well, not just from October, really, from the year, the year had probably taken its toll and you was doing like cold walks at night and it, it was just freezing. Um, it was really, really difficult. But to do the 10 kilometer run, like the press up, sit ups and squats weren't too much of an issue. But juggling it like with my own workouts and my own training, which was going pretty well, um, and then like my job, like it was just hard. Like you had to put like an hour and a half to the side each time. Um, because again, like the pull-ups, I wanted to do it like in one sitting. I wanted to like do my press-ups, sit-ups, squats in that order, then go out. And there were a couple of days that I didn't because it just wasn't feasible. But for 90% of the time I did. Um, and I just remember we got back from Centre Parks one weekend and, and it was quite late. And like we'd overindulge, we'd have a nice time. And I got back and I was like, I need to run. And I was just like, that was the one where I was just so tired and I just thought, you Wally. And that was like mid-November. And I just thought, you've got a long, long way to go here. Um, but we got through it. And again, like that just proves that if I could get through that, then the point I want to prove was that if you are struggling, you can get through it. And that's the one that I'll keep reiterating through this podcast. Um, so just know that I did it. <laughs> I survived. I got through the 10 kilometers, I've, you know, and... And it was a really tricky one, and like you know, injuries were occurring. Like I always get bad knees, for instance, and like I could feel my knees, my hips, my shins, my mindset were going. I was just constantly tired, and it was so difficult. But we had done the penultimate one. We'd got through November, and it, that rolled us on to December. Now, December, I had this idea of like doing like a twelve hours of or twelve days of Christmas. I think it was. I couldn't really remember, but because I'd done the daily ones, I just figured out that. It, it would be too hard, it would be too difficult and I didn't really know what to do or, and I didn't have the time for it either, that was another thing, like juggling like my social life around Christmas time was quite difficult. Um, so I committed to like a 12 hours of Christmas um, and did a 12 hour workout. Now this, alongside the burpees, was the hardest one, I decided, um, for a number of reasons because A, I had to work out for 12 hours and B, again, I was just knackered anyway. 
And, and I try to make them all difficult. So I ask clients to send me workouts and they they happily oblige. They sent me workouts that they were, I guess they were sort of getting their own back and I said I'd do them. Um, I asked my coaches to send me a workout. I came up with stupid stuff myself. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a long day. But again, like with the support of the clients, like it, that made the difference. That got me through it. They came and like did like shifts. So um, I actually tried to like reiterate and, and sort of go over the things I'd done all year. So like the first hour of the workout was how many pull-ups can you do in an hour? Um, again, we've only got one pull-up bar in the gym, so I did that myself. Um, then the next one was like how many sit-ups can I do in an hour? I think I managed 300 pull-ups in the hour and then the next hour it was straight into the sit-ups. Um, we then did uh, some sort of like little circuit and you know maybe a quarter of the way through or maybe three or four hours into it and then I had to go outdoors and my coaches had sent me this horrible workout of doing um, farmer walks followed by uh, bear crawls. So your farmer walks, you essentially take two dumbbells and I had to go like body weight and just simply walk with them in your hands and I'd I weigh about 75 kilograms at the time, um, still probably about that, but I either had 30 or 40 kilograms, so naps I took the 40 kilograms and took them to the top field, and oh my God, like just walking around with them, I thought, you know what, this won't be too bad, like you're only walking, like you can do it, and literally holding them in my hands, like my hands were frozen, and the issue was, like the ground was solid outside, like it was really icy in December, and again, I didn't really factor that in. Um, and my hands were just bitterly, bitterly cold. And this was the time where I thought, you have made a mistake. Like, how can you fail at the last one? And I, th- I would just, this was the one where my head just went and I had a real, real wobble, a real toys out the pram moment. And I remember I covered like 0.6 kilometers um, and my hands were just bloody from top to bottom. Like the calluses, the blister, they just burst. It was it wasn't pleasant, and again, my mum, bless her, she she was there supporting, and um, she gave me a socks because she was like, "Oh, I've got two pairs of socks on today because my feet were cold." And she gave me a socks to put on my hands because I didn't take any gloves, and they actually helped. And I've, I've got a funny photo of me just posing in some socks with these dumbbells uh, in mid December, and I got through 0.6 kilometers, and this was the one where I had to actually look at like my own like safety really. I was just like, I can't do this one. That was the first time I said I can't all year, and it killed me like. Internally, I was just crying. I felt just deflated. So I, I did technically do the farm walks because I was at the other end of the field, the same field I did my burpees on, and I had to walk one dumbbell back at a time. Um, and you know, I think I covered like 0.9 kilometers in the end. So I thought, well, okay, you've done that. Now I've got to do these bear crawls for a kilometer. And your bear crawls, you sort of effectively crawl on all fours. And again, I thought I'd go around the rugby pitch, and I thought you, you'll fly through this. This won't take long. So this will be faster than walking. Big mistake, a big mistake, let me tell you, I was done. I was absolutely knackered. And again, like these socks, like they couldn't save me, my hands. It was like just putting them on icicles constantly. And I got like one length of the rugby pitch, as in like up one side of it. And I just turned around and said to my mum, like, I'm done, I can't do this. And I just got in the car. No, that's a lie. I didn't even get in the car. I told I told my mum to just drive, take my car, drive back. Like I just needed like ten minutes to myself. So I walked back to the gym, and I was just done. And I like I just felt like I didn't actually cry, but I may as well have been. Like I was just done. And it was only midday, and I think I'd been going for like say four hours. And this was the point where I just hit rock bottom and thought you've made a massive mistake here. And I thought you know what, you've got loads of clients coming next. You're gonna have to put a smile on your face. You're going to have to get through these workouts. These guys are expecting you to be this champion, to get through it, to be raring to go. And I remember I was just sat on my uh, on the breakfast bar and a client came like 10 minutes early and, I, and, and she just looked at me and I'm like, are you all right? And I was just like, oh, you've caught me at the worst time. Like my head had just gone. Like my, my, my head was in my arms. My, I just didn't know what to do. And, you know, even just her being like, go on, you can do this sort of thing. Like it did help massively. Um, and then like as I almost got a bit of second wind after that so shout out to Becky for coming early um, and, and she pulled me through it as did the rest of the clients then and, and we had a bit of a knock on effect but I couldn't pretend like I was just done like Joe you've done a really hard workout and you can't like move your muscles like that's how I felt like my hands were just covered in blood I was done I had more bags than Morrison's under my eyes I was so tired from all year really it just accumulated and, and like I say as much as I felt spurred on I still felt like I'd failed um, and in hindsight, like I hadn't, like I couldn't fail because it was just a workout for 12 hours, but I'd, I'd failed like my official mini workout and 
it wasn't that my coaches had set me I just felt like I'd let them down let everyone down and I hadn't failed all year and and that idea of failure was just horrible uh, but like I say I didn't in hindsight it felt amazing to know that I'd actually given my best and, and that's the only currency I work in is effort um, on the back of that challenge like I couldn't have given much more and that's what I'd say to anyone in the confidence project or anyone really like if you are giving your best you can't give much more so don't feel guilty you are only human and you are allowed to feel these emotions um, which is again echoed by Andy's man club you are only human you are allowed to have your down days you are allowed to feel like things aren't going to plan but what's not allowed is for you to give up and you know get the help that you need and you'll get through it and again that's exactly what I did I looked for my clients for help and, and they supported me um, and also Neil brought a cheesecake which were brilliant <laughs> I literally devoured that when I'd finished them um, so we, we then sort of the rest of the workouts in this 12 hour like more circuit based like what you call EMOMs like every minute on the minute and it were different exercises um, and I got through it and they saw me through the majority and the last one the last exercise the very last thing I had to do not just this challenge but all year was another half marathon so I thought well you know you've sort of your big one was the Great North Run it was this half marathon you may as well finish with it so that's what I did I finished with a half marathon I think we started at like maybe oh, was it 5, 6pm forgive me I can't remember Um and I had, I had a client who, you know, it was like, it was Sunday night, like, people didn't want to be coming out of the house to run with me on a Sunday night, but I had one client and his wife texted me and she was like, oh, just so you know, he's coming, he's going to do 5 or 10k with you. This guy had never run a half marathon before. And, and I thought, okay, and it got to the time and, and he hadn't arrived and I thought, maybe he's decided again, sorry, maybe he'll meet me around. Anyway, he came, um, but I, like, he said to me that he was going to run the half marathon, basically, and I was like, What? And a bit like the three peaks, like initially I had quite a selfish reaction of like, you're going to hold me back really, you've never run a half marathon, this is going to be a difficult time for you and, and I can't, I just simply can't pull you through it at this point. Uh, and again, like all this idea of like, not only are you going to fail your client now, you're going to fail yourself and you're going to fail the whole challenge. And I thought, do not let yourself or, or, or this client down. Um, so out we went and... <laughs> I had egg on my face because if he wasn't there, I genuinely wouldn't have done it. Like my legs were knackered. I was done. And this client was a real bright spot for me and I gravitated towards that light. And all he did was just run his pace in front of me and we, and we walked, we, I say we, we walked, we didn't really walk actually, we were running. We, we were running and we were talking and it helped my mind just go elsewhere and it was just the right person at the right time to get me through it. And we stopped twice for a little, for a little toilet stop. Um, but other than that we got through and I think it came in like two and a half hours which you know in all fairness at that point I would take um, bear in mind the Great North run time was like two hours ten and we got through it and like I said I just gave him a big hug at the end and I was just like I could not have done that without you like you were the one that pulled me through that so for, for this client to have never run a half marathon to rock up and just do it on a whim it was like wow like that is insane I was just so proud at that point like and, and it sort of all these feelings of why you're doing these challenges um came flooding back and the truth is that they are to give back yes to raise awareness for mental health but to give back to clients to give back to the other people um you know this year of my wedding uh, 2023 it's not far away um it's you know it's, it's sort of about me and us and, and it's about the next chapter in our lives and i thought well 2022 wants to be the year to give back it wants to be the year to raise awareness around such an incredibly um important topic in men's mental health and raising awareness that it's okay to talk raising awareness that it's okay to be vulnerable and, and that you are allowed to put your hand up and ask for help and I felt like the challenges just helped me give back to my clients the people in my life um, I had messages from people who I hadn't really spoken to before um, just saying that you know I've, I've lost um, a relation or friend or family member whoever it may have been to suicide um, they struggle mentally um, you are you know the the ray of light you are the one that's getting us through it and we just want to thank you for everything that you're doing for Andy's Man Club and then Andy's Man Club were in touch um, and, and they wrote a really nice letter we, and in, in total we raised like 2,300 and that like doubled the figure that doubled the aim of a thousand pounds and it was so good like I didn't know how much to expect that we'd raise I didn't know how much people would take it seriously but we got the point across that it's okay not to be okay and I experienced that like I have I've, I've experienced that in the past but throughout these years in this year sorry in, in terms of the challenges and these different things of going to these dark places and doubting myself and, and combating this voice inside your head 
Um, I proved that I could do it. I proved that there was a way out. Um, and and people then echoed that. And you know, like I've now got clients doing twelve challenges over twelve months for their own charitable cause, and they're getting after the fitness goals. Um, I know so many people that were inspired by it, and. and it's just the idea of raising awareness and, and the fact that I could play a very, very small part in such a, an enormous um, movement was pretty insane, really. So, like I say, I'll, I'll probably take this opportunity now to thank absolutely everyone who supported me through that year and the things that you donated and the kind words that you shared. I could not have done this without you. And then that reiterates the point that um, you are only as good as the people around you. So surround yourself with the right people and and you will go and feel... Um, the best you could ever feel is maybe the best way of looking at it um isolate yourself and and surround yourself with your own thoughts and your own criticisms and your own stigmas then you will feel pretty naff but um just know that by raising that hand by asking for help you're gonna go to a place where you never thought you'd go like there is that door open for you to get out of the place that you're in so please know that Andy's Man Club is a fantastic charity that can help with just that. Um, but equally, if you didn't feel um, that was the right place for you um, at this moment in time, just know that myself or anyone in your life is only a message away. And you know I can't cement that point strong enough in this podcast, really. So I want to thank you all for listening. Um, naturally, yes, to conclude, I was knackered after 12 challenges, but we got through it. We did it. I was proud of myself. I was proud of the clients, the, the money that we raised and everything that went into it. Um, and I can breathe this year until my marathon in mid-May, which I've been working towards. And like I say, I'm not much of a runner. So to think this time last year, um, it was probably coming up to the mile of burpees. In fact, I don't think we've done the Yorkshire Three Peaks yet. And at this point, I'd only done the 4x448 challenge. Um you know, the Great North Run was still ages away and now I've got a marathon coming up. So it shows how far you can go in a year really when you put your mind to something and and actually you learn to love the process. That's another thing that I'd always say, you know, don't be product focused, be process focused and you will go so much further. So stay tuned for the marathon episode. Hopefully you got something out of this one. Let me know what would your toughest challenge be or if you were to do your own charitable cause, what would it be and why? Let me know. But Hopefully, this has raised a little bit of awareness for Andy's Man Club. Um, it's hopefully raised some awareness around the fact that if you think you can't do something, you can. And when you take a positive lens on the world, um, it gives back. Um, so thank you for listening as always. Take care. Enjoy doing whatever you are currently doing, whether you're walking, whether you're listening to this, cleaning up, I don't know. Just enjoy your life because you've only got one and make the most of it.